For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Monday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Signs, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I will preview Monday night's matchup between the Redskins and Eagles. Plus, I'll do my weekly segment of High Flyer, Top Denier, and Under Fire. The Redskins are trying to withhold their position atop the NFC East with Colt McCoy under center and will look to topple a division foe in Week 13. While McCoy says he's focused a lot on his play, he reiterated that their effort as a team will dictate the outcome of tonight's game. Listen, it's, it's not about me. It's about it's about us. It's our team, and it's it's us as a group going out and executing a game plan uh, against the defending Super Bowl champs. And, uh, on the road on Monday night, that's that's not an easy task. Um, we know them; they're in our division, and you know, we we've got to be on our p's and q's if we want to to come out like we. At 5-6, the Eagles are still very much alive in the playoff race and understand the importance of knocking off the Redskins. One area of focus for Philadelphia this week is to limit Adrian Peterson's production, and it's a task that Jim Schwartz knows will be difficult. He's still strong as can be. He's got great vision. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that even if um, even if you get a first hat on him, he still has enough to, to churn positive yards. Um, yeah, he's become a really important part of, of Washington's offense. I will discuss all that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Chase Podcast. The Fall is another production of the Chase Podcast, covering the latest news and analysis from around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The Chase is on and the Chase is live. Now, let's sing to your voice.
Happy Monday. It is Monday, December 3rd here on the Chase Podcast. Isaac signs with you here for some more NFL coverage. Week 13 is just about over as tonight the Eagles and the Redskins will put a bow on week number 13 and will now move to week number 14 as we look to Thursday night's matchup which will kick things off for the new week in the NFL regular season. But before I go ahead and provide my game preview for Washington and Philadelphia, I'm going to give my weekly segment of High Flyer, Top Denier, and Under Fire. So now I'm going to start with the NFC. And my NFC high flyer goes to Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston. Now, what a roller coaster ride it's been for the former number one overall pick. He was suspended for the first three weeks of the regular season. Ryan Fitzmagic gets going and plays outstanding football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They knock off the Saints in week number one. Winston's future in Tampa Bay looks murky. He eventually takes over the starting job. He performs terribly. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets back in there. And now Jameis Winston is once again back under center for Tampa Bay as ownership continues to evaluate Winston to see if he does have what it takes to lead their franchise moving forward. Now on Sunday, Winston did not put up gaudy passing numbers that he's been accustomed to earlier this season. In fact, his 249 passing yards in their 24-17 victory over Carolina marked his lowest total for a full game this season but for the second straight week the most important number on his stat sheet was zero interceptions he completed 20 of 30 pass attempts to go along with two touchdowns he also carried five times for 48 yards and led the Bucks in rushing as well Look, Winston completed 67% of his passes while averaging a healthy 8.3 yards per attempt. He threw touchdown passes to Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys, giving him a 6-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio over his last three games. Winston is starting to turn the corner. He's starting to make smarter decisions with the ball in his hands. And he was just effective on Sunday. And he led this team to another impressive victory over a Carolina Panthers team that established themselves as clear-cut playoff contenders earlier this season. So Jameis Winston, I applaud you for the way you've handled your benching earlier this year. You've stepped back in. You've faced adversity head-on. And you're starting to play up to the level that the Buccaneers anticipated when they selected him with that top overall pick a couple of years ago. So Winston, you are the high flyer of the NFC. Now we'll go to NFC top denier. And if I chose anybody other than Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald, something would be wrong 
Donald recorded five total tackles, all solo, two sacks, five tackles for loss, four quarterback hits on Matthew Stafford during their 30-16 win over the Lions on Sunday. Donald, let's just face it, he was the primary reason the Rams emerged on Sunday with a victory that secured them a second consecutive division title in the NFC West. Now get this, only two defensive players have won the league's MVP award and those two players were Minnesota Vikings defensive tackle Allen Page in 1971 and Giants linebacker Lawrence Taylor in 1986. Donald should receive strong consideration to become the third defensive player to win the award. His two sacks on Sunday increased his season total to 16 and a half on the year. The single season NFL record for a defensive tackle is 18 set by Keith Millard of the Vikings in 1989. And with four games remaining, he still has a chance at eclipsing Michael Strahan's overall single season record of 22 and a half sacks. Donald was a consistent force on Sunday. In fact, he got the strip sack on Stafford late in the game to swing the game in favor of the Los Angeles Rams. So Aaron Donald, he continues his dominant streak. And for those reasons, he is the top denier of the NFC. Now, NFC under fire. I talked a little bit about him a couple of weeks ago, but their issues continue to linger, and it's Panthers head coach Ron Rivera. The Panthers are now 6-6. Six six. They're on a four-game losing streak. They've lost five of six in one-possession games and are 1-5 on the road this season. Fingers are being pointed within the Carolina organization. Cam Newton metaphorically pointed his own finger at himself after their 24-17 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers during which he threw four interceptions. And here's what makes this whole situation interesting. A report published by CBS Sports on Sunday morning said that owner David Tepper was quote-unquote becoming increasingly frustrated with the team's recent performances and is considering major changes if the results do not change quickly. That's a close quote from a source there for CBS saying that Tepper is growing a little bit impatient with what he's seen from the Carolina Panthers. And on that note, Ron Rivera made some changes this morning, firing two coaches from his defensive staff after four straight losses. Defensive line coach Brady Hokey and secondary coach Jeff Imamura have been relieved of their duties. Rivera is now going to take over play calling duties on the defensive side of the ball from D.C. Eric Washington. And Washington will focus more on coaching and coordinating the front seven now. So Ron Rivera clearly feeling the hot seat there in Carolina. And that's why you see these moves happening on a Monday. If a coach is not feeling pressure, chances are he's not going to make in-season changes. But make no mistake about it, David Tepper has sent a message 
to Rivera that if he does not right the ship and get this team into the playoffs, which seemingly looked like a lock just a couple of weeks ago, he could be headed out the door after the season. So keep an eye out for that. But for now, Rivera, he is my pick for NFC under fire of week number 13. Now let's go ahead and move to the AFC High flyer, and I understand Patrick Mahomes went off for another big game. Tom Brady threw for 300 yards against Minnesota, but I got to give it to Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota for the way he bounced back after a shaky start against the New York Jets. Look, after being embarrassed by the Texans in Houston last Monday, Titans coach Mike Vrabel said it was important for the team to get out to an early lead and control the game against the struggling New York Jets team that's playing with Josh McCowan. Well, that didn't happen, but it still worked out for the Titans and their playoff hopes. The Jets jumped out to an early 16-0 lead, but Mariota added to his impressive comeback resume in their 26-22 win. He completed 20 of 35 passes for 282 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also rushed for 43 yards on four attempts. He got off to a slow start, which was highlighted by a pick six for the Jets. And then he failed to lead a scoring drive on the Titans' first five offensive possessions. However, he came back. He led this offense forward, not with his feet only, but with his arm, making clutch throws down the field, getting Corey Davis, his number one wideout, involved. And get this, Mariota's game-winning drive was the 11th of his four-year career. That's the fifth most in the NFL since his rookie season in 2015, and his total of seven game-winning drives since the start of of the 2017 season is tied for the most in the NFL. Let that sink in a little bit. A lot of people knock Mariota for not being a prolific passer and they always say he's already reached his potential as an NFL quarterback. Well, Mariota, let me tell you what. He's benefiting from Matt LaFleur being the offensive coordinator and boy, he's continuing to make statements that he can be a pocket passer, and a successful one at that in the NFL. The Titans are 6-6 and and are still in the hunt for a final AFC wildcard spot thanks to another big-time outing from Marcus Mariota. Now the AFC top denier, I'm going to give it to Broncos outside linebacker Vaughn Miller. Miller recorded three tackles, two solo, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits on Jeff Driscoll to help fuel the Broncos in their 24-10 victory over the Bengals when what was their third straight win to move to 6-6 six and six and keep their playoff hopes alive. Von Miller, this guy is one of the best pass rushers in the game. He hasn't really gotten a whole lot of publicity this year because the Broncos have kind of been stuck in the Chiefs' shadows, but Von Miller is still playing at a high level. He was a big factor for Denver in limiting Cincinnati's offense and helping this team 
get in good field position to capitalize on multiple scoring opportunities. Miller, you are the top denier of the AFC. And to close out this segment, AFC under fire. Give me Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He completed 29 of 45 passes for 281 yards with two touchdowns and an interception during their 33-30 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers in prime time. Now I get it, the Steelers, they couldn't get much going on the ground. James Conner exited with an injury, so that's why Big Ben had to go to the air 45 times. But he missed on many throws, including an open wide receiver in the end zone over through Justin Hunter. And I'll get this straight. The Steelers, they jumped out to a 23-7 lead before the half and could have gone into the locker room leading by more had Roethlisberger not been intercepted by rookie safety Derwin James on a pass that was intended for Vance McDonald deep into Chargers territory. You know, Roethlisberger has been very careless with the ball in recent weeks. He's now thrown six interceptions in his last three games and have lost the last two games in result. Now here's why he's also under fire is because he called out multiple teammates last week in the media saying that they needed to elevate their game. Well guess what now Big Ben? Now you have to respond and carry your own weight as you look to snap this losing streak because now all of a sudden at 7-4-1 your playoff hopes are not as optimistic as they once were with other AFC teams starting to surge a little bit. The Ravens closing the gap have won three consecutive games. So Big Ben, you better produce or you're going to be criticized for calling out teammates in the media and for your consistent turnovers. So Big Ben... You are under fire as we enter week number 14. Now I'll go ahead and move to the game prediction part of today's podcast. Tonight we have an NFC East clash between the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. I cannot believe it is already December, but it is The end of week 13 is upon us with week 14 knocking on the door. But this is a significant matchup between two teams who are looking to take hold of the mediocre NFC East division and they'll take on one another in prime time. The Redskins at 6-5, and five, they're right in the thick of the divisional race as well as a potential wildcard spot. The Eagles are 5-6 and six, coming off a big victory over the New York Giants in week number 12. They trailed in that game, but they found a way to come back. Carson Wentz engineered several scoring drives late in the second half, which set up Jake Elliott to win the game with a field goal as time expired. I'll tell you what, this Philadelphia team is going to look to find a win any way they can get it, and that is exactly what makes this game so exciting. On the road for the Redskins, they're with Colt McCoy. They saw Alex Smith go down with a gruesome injury, so they're relying on one of the most winningest college football quarterbacks 
to take them to the finish line and conquer the NFC East. So here we go. There's a couple of matchups that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Of course, the Redskins offense against the Eagles banged up defense. This is more of a bigger picture, so to speak. The Redskins, even with McCoy, should have a chance to succeed against the Eagles. Philadelphia, they have a bevy of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And many of their top defensive backs have been out with injury issues. You're looking at Jalen Mills, Sidney Jones. And then if you want to backtrack all the way to the early portion of the season where they lost Rodney McLeod, the safety due to a knee injury. In addition to their defensive backs, linebackers Jordan Hicks and Nigel Bradham are also banged up. So the back seven for the Eagles looks a little vulnerable at this time and opposing passing attacks have been able to exploit those issues. But the Redskins do have their weaknesses as well. They haven't gotten a whole lot of production from their receiving corps and they really don't have any weapons that can specifically take advantage of the good matchup except for tight end Jordan Reed who has been emerging as one of McCoy's top targets. Reed should have a chance to catch some passes against the banged up Eagles linebacking core that has struggled to keep up with dynamic athletic tight ends that can run routes over the middle of the field. And speaking of McCoy, I think we can expect him to take some downfield chances as he did against the Cowboys. Now, of course, he turned over the ball three times and took some unnecessary risks on Thanksgiving Day against the Dallas Cowboys. But because of the current state of the Eagles secondary, there could be some battles for him to win on the outside against the mistake prone Philly secondary now a specific matchup here how about Josh Doxson and Trey Quinn these are two wideouts that I'm specifically gonna focus in on for tonight's game Doxson may need to turn himself into more of a weapon now he has been evolving as the clear-cut number one wide receiver in the Redskins offense with some solid middle of the field weapons like Reed and Trey Quinn this could be a game for Doxson to come out and put together a hundred yard performance he certainly has the size to operate on the perimeter as well in the red zone This will be a big moment for the former first round pick. So he should be watched closely by this Eagles defense. Philadelphia, they rank 28th in pass defense. They're allowing 277 yards per game. Right now, they're fielding a unit with Jalen Mills, Rasul Douglas, Jones if he's able to return, and then Chandon Sullivan. Now, Trey Quinn, this guy's a slot receiver, Mr. Irrelevant. He made his impact known against the Dallas Cowboys catching a touchdown pass. Jamison Crowder has been battling many different injuries this season. So Trey Quinn has had many opportunities since 
getting back to the starting lineup. So this guy is more of a wild card for tonight's game. If the Eagles want to pay a little bit more attention to Jordan Reed and Josh Doxson, Trey Quinn may have some upside to do some damage out of the slot over the middle. And you know this Redskins offense is going to tailor their approach to what Colt McCoy can thrive in. And at this point, a lot of quick slants, out routes seem to be the route McCoy is really taking chances on. So Trey Quinn, remember the name and don't be surprised if he turns in a solid outing tonight. Now how about the Redskins rushing attack against the Philadelphia front seven? In the run game, Agent Peterson figures to have a tougher time moving the ball against the Eagles' stingy rush defense. Now, I just got to say, Peterson, at age 33, he has 11 starts under his belt. He's rushed for 758 yards on 183 carries with a 4.9 yards per carry average and 6 touchdowns. To go along with 16 receptions for 177 yards and a touchdown. Now as Jim Schwartz mentioned in his press conference, he talked about how Peterson is still a dynamic running back that must be accounted for because of the power and the force that he runs with. Now when I look at Washington's offensive line, Trent Williams and his availability is going to be huge for Washington because he's been dealing with a ribs injury. He went to the hospital after Thursday's game for evaluation. Now all signs point to him being clear to play, but he is their top offensive lineman. So if he is for some reason is unable to go, that would be a major hit to the Redskins. Now Tim Jernigan for Philadelphia, he looks like he's slated to make his return to play alongside Fletcher Cox and Haloti Nada. Those three will give Washington trouble to run in between the tackles. I know the Eagles have struggled in stopping the run the last couple of weeks, but this is a unit that has ranked in the top five for much of the last two seasons. Currently, they rank 11th. And as for the Redskins, they're 13th in rush offense. Plus, the interior of the Redskins offensive line is on the weaker side as they have a couple of free agents that have been starting in place of Sean Laval and Brandon Scherf who both went down for the remainder of the season. You got Tony Bergstrom who's been beaten very often this season. So it's going to be tough sledding for Peterson yet again. However, I will say the potential return of Chris Thompson could make this a light game for Peterson and a heavier one for the receiving backs along with Caffrey Bibbs. So that could be an avenue that Washington looks to attack the Eagles if they are unable to gain any traction on the ground. Now, the last matchup here that I want to discuss in full detail is the Eagles rushing attack against the Redskins front seven. Now, one of the main downfalls for the Eagles this season has been their ineffective rushing attack and inability to really get anything going, which is something that they thrived in during their Super Bowl run in 2017. We know they lost 
Legarrett Blunt in free agency. Jay Ajayi went down with a torn ACL earlier this year. And since then, it's been a mix of Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and how about Josh Adams, the undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. In the last couple of weeks, he has taken over the backfield, leading the team in carries. Going back to week 11 against the Saints, Adams had 53 yards on just 7 carries, which was good for 6.3 yards per carry and a touchdown. And then he really took over the reins in week 12 against the Giants. He compiled 84 yards rushing on 22 carries a season high and one touchdown. So this is a bigger back that the Eagles are really starting to rely on. They're feeding him. They're realizing that the more they get him the ball, the more he's able to find his rhythm, establish a good sense of pace. And he's a tough guy to bring down as well. But running on the Redskins' 8th ranked rush defense will not be an easy task either. They possess some Hogs up front with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, one of the more underrated defensive linemen in the NFL, and then of course Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith, the bookends there on the outside. But I expect the Eagles to establish their run game in hopes of opening up that play action pass that Carson Wentz is lethal at with his passing down the field, whether it's the Zach Ertz, Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar. So look for that to be another wrinkle that Mike Grow and Doug Peterson may look to do against this Washington Redskins defense. Look to attack them on the ground early, then hit them down the field with some quick strikes against their secondary. Now for my prediction, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking into account that they are the home team at Lincoln Financial Field. We can expect a rowdy crowd. In the end, I just do not feel like Colt McCoy is going to be able to go into Philadelphia despite all the injuries that they're dealing with in the secondary. This is the NFL where the better quarterbacks more times than not prevail. And Carson Wentz right now, although he hasn't gotten a lot of attention because the Eagles have been having a down year, this guy's starting to turn the corner. He's looking like that MVP form of 2017. And I really do believe he's in for another big game through the air. Look for Zach Ertz, his number one target to see plenty of action. Josh Adams, I'm sure, will have another big workload for Philadelphia. I think they win by a field goal for the second straight week, 23-20, as they dispatch the Redskins and keep their playoff hopes alive and move atop the NFC East division in the process. So there you have it, my Monday night football preview. Eagles, Redskins should be a good one, a slugfest. Two rivals going at it. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in to today's episode. I will be back here on Wednesday to break down some other top storylines in the NFL as well as give my Thursday night football preview for week number 14. 
Take care and God bless. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.